They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. of the Juan Juan podcast. I'm your host as always, Juan. And today we are joined by Mark from, I think it's a pretty fucking awesome name. My family thinks I'm crazy podcast. What's up, bro? What's up? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's inspired by, you know, getting the job working for Tripoli in a lot of ways, you know, but it's true as well because I've been uh, into this stuff since I was really young. So I have quite the reputation uh, for, you know, throwing some crazy truth bombs into the mix at like a Thanksgiving dinner or like a Christmas dinner and getting people upset. So the name is is very true to who I am. That's awesome, dude. And before we get deeper into it, can you let people know where they can find your podcast, where they can, yeah. you know, find your whatever social media you want to share, let the people know? Yeah, so um, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, like you said, is the name of the show. You can find it on anywhere you listen to podcasts. We got a Rockfin channel, and we've got a Patreon as well. And then uh, we're putting audio on YouTube. I don't put as much content on YouTube, but I might be putting some more uh, live stream type stuff out there, whether it be through Rockfin, YouTube. I don't know. Maybe uh, you can give me some advice on that because I definitely want to start live streaming more that I have now that i have a new computer on the way nice not yeah. here yet but, but yeah that's so that's in the works so the whole thing with these tech overlords right the reptilians up 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 high the, the ones at google the ones at youtube it's and the funniest thing is that it's all the same people over and over again like we give so much power to these guys whether it be an entity or and people always ask me they go are they really are they really lizards and i go maybe Maybe it goes back to ancient Mesopotamia, right? The, the yeah. what do they call it, the Fertile Crescent or something like that, where where the, the cradle of civilization, where it all started, and like this ancient bloodline of the Anunnaki and all that shit. Maybe I like to think that they are because it's a cool fucking idea, and why not, right? But why? 
So give me one thing of why your family thinks you're crazy, Mark. Why, what's the <laughs> What's the one thing that you're like that when you hear it just makes your nipples hard? <laughs> well, I would say that it, it really, it's not like any one theory or anything like that. It's more where the friction comes from is like, I try to live a healthy life and do the best I can to avoid toxins, do the best I can to avoid GMOs and unhealthy food. So when it comes to like what people eat, that's usually a big like fertile ground for a lot of conspiracy theories, whether it's fluoride, I guess fluoride would be a big one. You know, when I told my parents that I wasn't going to, you know, use their toothpaste, <laughs> I was going to get a new kind of crazy toothpaste or you know, whatever, not that they cared too much about, they were probably just happy that I was buying toothpaste for myself and not using theirs. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely came up as something like, no, there's, there's no fluoride in the water. Cause my dad works for, um, the water company, you know? So I even asked him when I was younger, I'm like, Oh, do you, do you know, like about fluoride? And if they put it in there, he's like, yeah, they put it in there. It's fine. No big deal. You know? And I'm like, Oh no, that's not what I've heard. So I, I learned from a pretty young age that most people were not concerned with uh, anything outside of the mainstream narrative, whether it was because it didn't affect what they had to do every day, you know, their daily routine, or because maybe it, it rubbed up against their uh, political view, you know, like 9-11, that became, <clears throat> that became a big interest of mine when I was younger, not only because it was this huge tragedy, huge psyop, you know, I didn't realize it was a psyop at first, but I was interested in looking into it because I noticed how quickly everybody just got behind this like whole anti-Muslim uh, people, you know, and it just seemed like it was you know, being weaponized. People were just like blindly like upset with this whole group of people they never met before and never really interacted with and had all these fantastical ideas about them. And from a young age, I was like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And then I realized, oh, there's conspiracy. It's not one way or the other. It's this third way, you know? And so a lot. I would say fluoride, 9-11, you know, and then obviously like when I started smoking weed, it wasn't just a like a sort of recreational thing. I realized pretty quickly that there was like a spiritual connection, a spiritual uh, unfolding going on. And that definitely made me crazy a little bit to friends that I would smoke with because it didn't happen for them for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they weren't just not keyed into the clues that might have provoked them to go down the same path or that maybe isn't the right path for them in their life. But for me, you know, smoking weed only made me more curious to read strange books. You know, I found these really strange books in my high school library uh, and there are just little pieces of information in them. Like I never had the comprehension to tackle a whole book at a young age, unless it was really short. So I would just kind of skim through and find interesting stuff. And a couple books really popped out as like, oh, okay, that's weird. That doesn't, you know, fit with what we were learning in school, but it's here in the school library. So that, that kind of uh, basis began that journey into books. And that's where a lot of the craziness came from too, because I was always the type of person to carry a book around with me and I would read something 
from a book and then just want to like blurt it out and explain it to somebody else. So that's definitely, you know, the basis for the craziness in a way. And if you look behind me, I don't know if my camera's really oriented that way today, but um, I got a lot of books. I showed you the, uh, <laughs> I showed you the one book I just picked up on the skinwalkers, but I got a couple more that are, are very interesting. Like you mentioned at the beginning, yeah, shout out to Ryan Burns about, with the Skinwalker Ranch book. So, yeah, yeah, I got to get that. I don't have that copy, but I definitely got to get that book. Uh, but you mentioned me being interested in ley lines. Well, this book right here, the Gaia Matrix, is is huge uh, in my investigation of it because the information connects all of these different things to where I live, right in New England. So, I think when you find stuff like that that allows for you to go out and experience something in the real world. It takes it on another level from just reading it in a book like Skinwalker Ranch, for example, I'm sure Ryan, right. He's visited that place or right. So he owns property there right next. To right. Him. So like, you know, that brings it to a whole nother level for him. He's experiencing that stuff all the time. So I, you know, I think that's kind of the, the thrill of, of some of my, more recent uh, interests is like, where do these conspiracies or these spiritual information, uh, the hidden history, so to speak, fit into where I live and where I'm from? Yeah, and, I, and I'm with you on that. And especially nowadays, what what started it for me was, I think it was the Bermuda Triangle when I, when I was in elementary school reading about that shit. And I was like, what is going on in this area that of high strangers just how with the skinwalker it's it's a fascinating place and there's places like that all over the world and you're saying you're finding information in all these books a lot of people nowadays they don't read anymore the, the most that they probably read is is what they what they're reading on the captions on social media right or they'll read a headline but won't read the 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 actual article they'll they'll look at something like you said they they, when you step somebody out of their boundaries of what they perceive to be real, like in Plato's cave, when they go outside of the cave and they all their life they've been interpreting the shadows as what's real, right? When Morpheus said, when Neo says to Morpheus, "Why do my eyes hurt?" He goes, "Because you've never used them before." It's the same thing to certain people, and I I think that when you open up, and, and don't get me wrong, some conspiracies are fucking crazy. Like don't you just can't some of them are just like whoa that's too wild for me but there are some that make sense a lot of them make sense and they come from a place of truth even if it's exaggerated or not but when you shatter somebody's belief on what they thought to be real it's like you're hurting them in some type of way it's like they're having like some sort of ego death where they can't mm -hmm. come to you know they can't come to and be like okay this is and and this is we see it all the time dude like are you talking about the narratives we see the narratives nowadays right this person against the other you talked about 9-11 and, and, the, and the muslim phobia that people were having for a while we saw that now when this thing you know the 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 pandemic right came around and, and there was people hating against asians right because there was a narrative that, oh, that it came from china etc cetera, etc cetera. and a lot of people don't look into the history either and when you look into the history it doesn't often repeat but it, it, it'll rhyme right so a lot of the things that we're seeing now, this divide and conquer has been used since the very beginning of time for fucking ever to keep 
people separated. And I feel that if we if we are able to come together as some sort of collective consciousness, I think we would be able to do great things. I, I believe in the law of attraction where whatever you speak, it you know, it could come into existence. Obviously, if it, you have to align yourself with everything to make it happen. It's not like, oh, if I say this, it'll happen. No, no, no. You have to do and take the right steps to work towards that. And I feel that I think magic is real. I think that it's been demonized for a long time because some people have used it for bad stuff, right? Like some people take it and they use it for things that aren't good. Like I was, I had Chris on <laughs> and I, I brought up a, an aphorism of Pythagoras because Pythagoras talk, he, the, the aphorism is nourish a cock, but sacrifice it not. Right. Cause it, it is of the sun. The whole thing behind that is don't kill animals, right? Don't kill yourself. Don't he, he, he preached against suicide. So don't kill yourself. Don't kill others. He believed that if you are able to destroy a grain of salt, you'll destroy yourself. So if man is able to, to destroy just one grain of salt, eventually they'll kill themselves. Like they'll destroy themselves. Right. And you can take that however you will as a, as a whole. And we see that, right? Because I think I was listening to Manly P Hall today where he said, usually, and I have an American flag behind me. Usually whenever a country liberates themselves from, from tyranny, they become tyrannical themselves later on. And I mean, you could arguably say that we're seeing that now with, with how everything's going, but I feel like there's, there's bigger things behind the scenes. And you saw the newest thing that came out was Alec Baldwin that he killed somebody on set or whatever. I think mm -hmm. they use things like that to distract us from the real things that are going on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like they use all this sort of shit to, to distract us. Like, oh, focus on this, focus on this. And nowadays it's what generates clicks, what generates like an emotional response. And people are just, they latch on to that. And, and you see it, dude. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've seen it, bro. We, we live in this world where it's like people are, it's like almost like this, this, this mass hypnosis of people where they, they're just fucking killing each other, bro, for, for ideas. You know what I mean? Mm. At the end of the day, well, it's all an idea. Yeah, and that that's why I'm so grateful to have a podcast that people listen to because for the past four or five years, my bridge out of that world was through podcasting because I, I was, you know, for a while <laughs> watching TV probably regularly and, and uh, playing video games and just kind of like interested in this stuff, but it it didn't consume my whole life the way it has in the past four years because podcasting became an outlet for all this information. You know, you can hear perspective on a variety of topics from an even larger variety of people. And then within those topics finds, you know, new topics that you weren't even aware of. I mean, the whole uh, synchro mysticism topic it's something that I was vaguely familiar with because, you know, like you mentioned, the law of attraction, that's been something I've been aware of since I was probably 18 or so. And it's funny, I just interviewed uh, for my podcast, my Sifu, uh, the guy who taught me martial arts from the age of 15, 16 to about uh, actually probably 14 years old to about like 19, 20 years old. I trained martial arts and I became, you know, a teacher at his school and I helped him train other classes. And 
I had him on my podcast. And it's funny because around like the time when I started uh, really, you know, becoming an individual in the world outside of my family, you know, after high school, you start to like get out and make your make new friends and that sort of thing. Two of the first friends I had made, um, thanks to him, kind of inspired me to learn about the law of attraction. They gave me like a crystal as a gift. Um, and I still probably have them somewhere because I've gotten a lot of crystals since. But this kind of uh, journey, it happened in small bits and it's really accelerated since then. And, you know, learning about synchromysticism, I realized like, oh, this is something that's been going on in my life in small doses for a really long time. I just, uh, I just didn't really have the word for it. I think I'd probably read about it before through Robert Anton Wilson. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of really where it started. And then, like I said, I heard about it on this podcast, Chris Knowles, Michael Wan, Ross Ben, Court Lindahl, all of these guys have been talking about different things. There's so many more, uh, Carl Joseph DeMarco is another really interesting guy. Well, I haven't gotten in touch with yet, but it's funny because out of that list of people I just named, like three or four of them I've had uh, on my show and or talked to them in, in real life, met them in person. So it's just very strange how life unfolds that way. Like you said, if you put enough intention into something, you know, the law of attraction can uh, can actually become a reality for you again you made this point and I like that you did so because it, it, it came with uh, preparation. You know, I have a lot of uh, things that I've studied and looked at over many years. And that's why, you know, to me, it feels like podcasting, like sped everything up because for the longest time, it was just me reflecting on these things and sharing them with people for, you know, who for the most part weren't really concerned and that's where, you know, the my family thinks some crazy thing comes from because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I've been like thinking about immortality and reincarnation and the pyramids and the Bermuda Triangle, which I love that you mentioned that because it connects to ley lines. Like when you look at the 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 geometry of the planet and, you know, I'm not against flat earth. I'm definitely not in the camp of like thinking through that paradigm, but I do respect it and I I like learning about what they're interested in sharing uh the people in the flat earth camp so to speak but you know for the most part these maps that we see of the earth have like a geo um sort of geomantic spell going on where the energy right is channeled through certain buildings and whatnot and the bermuda triangle i think it's called a dodecahedron right it's oh, sure. one of these triangles in the this larger dodecahedron that you can trace along the planet. You know, it fits in somehow. And I think it's even on the opposite side of the globe. I don't know if it's the exact opposite side. I actually have a globe behind me. Um, but it there's a place in, in Japan and China called the Dragon's Triangle where they have very similar uh, phenomena. And it's, you know, kind of in between the coasts of uh China and Japan, right? The Western coast of Japan, Eastern coast of China. And, um, and yeah, so that when you see those parallels, it really brings to mind like an energy field at work rather than, 
you know, some kind of just one-off mystical phenomena, you know, when, you know, I think you made this point in uh, the podcast I was listening to about like the lizard papers, <laughs> you said like when you're looking at this puzzle um, and we don't have all of the pieces, it can be kind of confusing because you don't see the whole picture unless you have every piece of the puzzle. And I think that's really like something that I'm, really stoked on podcasting about because you see so many people participating in these conversations. And in my mind, that makes me think like, well, now there's more people solving that puzzle together. You know, we're like crowdsourcing uh, the great mystery and figuring it out together in a really honest way, because I think, you know, podcasting, it is kind of consensual in the sense that like, people don't have to listen if they don't want to. So like the podcasts get that get really big, like those guys are getting big for a reason. Maybe it's because their intuition is kind of pointing them towards certain information that that group of people that listen to that show are also, you know, tuned into that frequency. I think, you know, a lot of shows we can use as an example for that. But, you know, the point being that there's a certain uh, frequency of information, maybe the Akashic record or something that people tap into. And I think with podcast conversations like this, I, in my experience, I kind of feel like I'm tapping into that as well. And just kind of like drawing on things I've learned and read from books, but like, I'll make the disclaimer, like I'm not a proficient reader. I, I do a lot of skimming and scamming. And I think it's also important to to have a purpose for reading something because, you know, it's easy to become disinterested in something in this modern age where there's like hundreds of distractions. And, and yeah, a lot of people fall victim to that distraction reality that they've tried to manipulate into our actual reality, you know, with like constant advertisement and short form entertainment that like breaks down your attention span in a way. I mean, if you were born in the last like 30 years, you know, that's probably like, you know, it's not a coincidence that you probably know the term ADD or have used it or have said like, oh, I have ADD, you know, whatever, or ADHD, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but you get my point. It's like we're living in a, a world where, you know, things have sped up and uh, I think slowing down happens when you start to go inward, whether that's through cannabis, like it was for me, you know, kind of mixed with martial arts and having the discipline to go with smoking. Again, like I said, not all of my friends who smoke weed got onto this kind of spiritual vibe. You know, maybe that's because that wasn't a part of their path or their purpose here in this lifetime. But, you know, for me, I think martial arts played a big role in, in kind of giving me the backbone through which I could kind of see the the hierarchy of things right you know like in martial arts the hierarchy is pretty clear like the guy who has a black belt teaches other people how to get to a black belt you know yeah. well in this occult circles and whatnot it's kind of similar in the sense that like there are adepts who learn from masters who learn from like elders and you know they use different terms for all of these roles but we're talking about like a ritual initiation into a higher knowledge yeah and i'm sure that gave you the the discipline too because that's all about discipline at the end of the day and yeah it's funny you you talk about how how podcasting opened up your 
your perspective to everything, right? And I can relate to that because I was raised Pentecostal Christian, right? And I was indoctrinated from the very beginning. And I've been on the podcast, like, accused, like, oh, well, you talk about this, so you must believe it. Well, no, I want to learn how you said I respect any idea, right? I've had Mark Sargent. I've had David Weiss on my show. I don't think the earth is flat, but I like to hear what they have to say about the flat earth. It's an interesting idea, and I always reserve the right to change my mind at whatever point in time. And I believe it was Aristotle that said, it is the mark of an educated man to discuss something but not accept it. I'm paraphrasing that, but it comes back down to that, right? All of us, they... (laughs) I don't know about you, but the person who really inspired me to like launch my podcast and eventually do it because I had always been thinking about it. And I I believe that you're your own worst enemy when it comes to these sort of things. It was Joe Rogan, the one that really made me like, you know, listening to him. And then I feel like these podcasts, Joe Rogan, you know, you have Tripoli's podcast. I feel like they're like the top of the iceberg that really make you look deeper and look and go down these rabbit holes and start looking at other things how you said of dude because we have all the information that was available to all of humanity right now in our fingertips literally on a phone right on on our but people and how you said it's all about set and intention if people choose not to look for it or not to dive deeper they're going to stay where they are and like this infancy stage of of spirituality, even if it, and it doesn't have to be spiritual, right? It can be something, whatever it is you want to make it right. Because not all, not everything, I don't want to say not everything is spiritual, but a lot of it is. I feel like my, my, my buddy, Jeffrey Davis said, he read a quote, it said, we are human, we are humans being not human beings. Right. So humans being, and he said that really made him think about it. Cause it's like, what are we? And, and you have, uh, I think it was Plato that brought this idea up where uh, it has to do with the third man argument. I don't know if, you, if you've heard of it, where the man only accepts the role of a man because he accepts it, right? So there's three, there's three men. There's how you see yourself, one, how others see you, two, and how you actually are, right? So there's three. And the funniest thing to me is that we talk about these guys from the year 300, and we regard them today, but then you're also led to believe how you're saying you were reading all these books in school that they weren't teaching you there. Those books are there for a reason. Even if they acknowledge them or not, that knowledge is still there. And how do, why do we acknowledge these ideas if they are woo-woo, right? How, how we've been taught. Like as a Christian, I'm taught that, you know, magic is bad. You know, everything's a demon. Everything is, 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 you know, demonized at the end of the day. And it's like, is it really, or is that just from your perspective, from your point of view? You know what I mean? That's why I like to get different points of views, right? That's why, you know, I, I look at, I've looked into all religions and podcasting has done that for me, speaking to individuals like you and doing my own research where I'm able to dive deeper. And at the end of the day, bro, like I've had a friend of mine tell me, he's like, bro, you're so smart. Cause I'll, 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 what was it that they said don't preach on to dead ears or something somebody said that sometime right where where how you said you're talking to people who aren't interested in what you have to say but then the people who are interested in what you have to say like the people listening to this podcast and and looking for our material 
speak to them, right? Like bring awareness and, and, and talk to them about, and it doesn't have to be about conspiracy. It can be about whatever, but I had a friend of mine where he, he calls me whenever it's something that has to do with like religion. And I'm like, dude, I'm not the guy. Cause I'll tell you about religion and this whole other aspect that the mainstream won't tell you about, right? Like I'll break it down, like the psychological effects it has on a person, et cetera, et cetera. And he's always like, Oh dude, you're so smart when it comes to all this stuff. And I go, yeah, I've, I've read a lot of things and I've dove down a lot of, or, or, or I've dived down a lot of wormholes and, and rabbit holes. But at the end of the day, I can't tell you what the nature of reality is. Right. I can't tell you what this matrix is made out of, if it's a matrix or not. And you have guys like Rene Descartes, right. That talked about how the mind and the body are two separate things. Plato talked about the theory of forms, right. Where, where thoughts are on a whole another realm of existence right because when you have an idea or a thought it just like pops up to you right like it just comes into your brain and you're like where the fuck did I, why didn't i think of that before it's like are we being broadcasted something how you said from the akashic records and i like to think of the idea of the akashic records and dude ryan ryan burns was one of the ones that put me onto this about haplogene x right the haplo group where perhaps the ancient egyptians the Mayans, all these ancient civilizations from back then that just got up and disappeared. What if they were able to attune themselves to a certain frequency at a certain time of the year and they were able to leave as a whole? And I think that's what they're afraid of. And by they, I mean the Archons, the reptilian overlords, whoever it is, because they know that if we're able to attune ourselves to a certain frequency and dude, the ley lines like that's one of the craziest things have you ever been to have you heard of coral castle i've heard of it but i've never been down there no so i've been there right because i have a place down in homestead it's in florida and a ley line goes through all of the 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 everglades and and that area there and i don't know if you've ever been to the everglades but it's it's like that it's like when you step out there it's like you're in another dimension. It's like the the energy. And I don't know how to explain it. I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's just. No, when you're out there, it's like, it's, it's weird, bro. I don't know what it is. And it's always these places where there's nothing for miles and miles, like the desert, right? Where God was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 and all this stuff, right? It's always like the, these areas, these open areas where things happen, where you have no explanation for it. And maybe perhaps. It, it does have to do with the ley lines where look at Nikola Tesla, bro. Nikola Tesla was trying to do that. They were trying to take energy from the atmosphere, energy that's already there. They were trying to harness it. But at the end of the day, what happened? JP Morgan cut off his funding because you can't industrialize and you can't make money from free shit, right? If they give the power to the little man, you can't make money off of that shit. And you see that throughout well, all of history where they monetize something, right? They, they, they give power to these empty symbols, which is fiat currency at the end of the day, which rules everything, bro. It's the, it's the most disgusting thing mm. where we fill ourselves with these empty symbols. And at the end of the day, that's all it is, right? Empty symbols. But we regard them in such like we worship them, dude. We worship political parties, political ideas individuals in government that they sh they have you know you know what i mean like it's like this it's a cult bro it's, it's a cult at the end of the day and when you break away from that narrative like galileo when he talked about how the earth rotates around the sun they said no fuck you you're exiled you're excommunicated and you're a heretic 
He was right, bro. Right. But the church said, nope, at the time. And then they were like, oh, wait a minute. Let's let's look this back over. And it, he was right. But he was mm. silent. So you see that now. How do you deal with when you, when we talk about these subjects that we're talking about? Or alternative thought. I don't like to say conspiracy because a lot of the shit that we're talking about is history. It's not conspiracy. It's real life shit. And people get mad when you bring up history. It's like, dude, it's right there. You know what I mean? You can look this shit up yourself. It's right there. How do you deal with with like the 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 shadow banning and like silencing? Do you think that affects you at all? I'm sure it does. I mean, when, when you have a show as big as yours and the content that you put out, how do you deal with that, dude? Like, do you let it get to you? Because I don't let it really get to me all that much, but I I, I still do think about it, right? Because you're like chugging along working towards making material and stuff like that and you don't feel like it's reaching what it's supposed to reach because of the powers that be you know mm. yeah you know it's funny you say that because one of the better episodes I, i've ever put out in the sense of like a lot of people responded to it you know my buddy james from we the people radio he uh he had a, a conversation with me about a number of different things and you know i titled it q and and uh you know pandemic and because podcasting you know there's no censorship you know if people are listening to this on like apple or spotify you know i would recommend you go ahead and listen to it on like podcast addict or maybe one of the podcast apps on podcasting 2.0's list of recommendations because they created a whole nother directory so that you can't just censor a podcast you oh, know shit. like you know, maybe Spotify and Apple can remove a, an episode from their list. But if you're listening to this podcast or my podcast on one of the apps that goes directly to the 2.0 directory, you know, you don't have to worry about censorship. So when I put that video out or that, sorry, that podcast out, I didn't care. And it got a lot of views, you know, almost 2000, which was huge for the time. Now we're, we're reaching that like on an average which is awesome. And thank you to anyone who listens to the show. But um, when I published all the audio to YouTube, that episode was the first one that got like banned and they just banned it. They said, this is removed. It's against, and I didn't get any strikes or anything like that, but you know, that's fine because I never intended on being a YouTube guy anyways. Like that's not what my, you know, it's funny. Somebody commented on a video and said, Hey, I love your channel. And I'm like, this is a podcast, not a channel. I didn't say that because that <laughs> might be rude. And, and thank yeah. you for listening. I appreciate it. But yeah, this is a podcast. And I think I believe in the podcasting technology. And I hope that people on YouTube who listen to audio on YouTube would just go ahead and download a podcast app and support us that way, because that's where, you know, freedom of information is really being uh, maintained, I think. And, and that's what I'm all about. You know, I don't, like you said, we don't have to know all the answers or have an opinion, but it's awesome to have an open mind and dive into this stuff. Like you made me think of Tartaria a little bit when you, you said what you said there. And I, I love all the Tartaria information. It's super fascinating. But at the same time, I do see people who I, I like, I don't agree with some of the claims that they're making and it just doesn't make sense with some of the history that we have evidence for, you know, like I, I do think that there are a bunch of lies about how the indigenous Americans in North America and South America lived their lives. Yeah, their history has been lost to a large degree, but does that mean that they built buildings 
like the ones that are still in city halls everywhere or that they were, you know, neighbors to a, a empire that built those buildings. Like those questions have to be answered because, you know, whether they, you know, were part of it or not, they were here. We know they were here. So that's where the Tartaria stuff to me brings up a lot of questions. I'm like, okay, I'd love to to learn more about indigenous cultures and, and how they built structures. And when I have looked into that, you find out that in the 1600s or 1500s, they had forts, you know, built out of stone and looked a lot like what we would call star forts to this day, you know, and bastion forts and whatnot. So that's an interesting connection. But, you know, did they build the courthouses that we have in our city halls or, you know, in the main parts of cities that people are pointing to and saying that those are Tartarian? I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to add up to me that there would, these cities would be here uh, at the same time that the indigenous cultures were, mm. unless, of course, they were all completely buried underground and, you know, the indigenous cultures had no way of knowing they were there and, you know, somehow the colonial cultures did. But at the same time, we do have evidence for really amazing stone structures that are built by supposedly gods according to the indigenous cultures you know where i live there's these called balancing stones where you'll see like a huge two three ton boulder and it's perched on like three or four smaller kind of like maybe a couple hundred pound stones and it's like you know how did that end up there you know because it doesn't look like it <laughs> rolled like out of the sky there like you know and if it did fall from the sky how did it land perched on four other boulders you know and that's like so clearly there's some kind of megalithic uh technology or techniques whether that's metaphysical or technological i don't know but that's where i'm like okay so there is evidence for some strange stuff going on here in north america does that mean that like a Russian Mongolian civilization was behind it? I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe the, those same groups of people, you know, came to the Northern part of America a long time ago. So they had a connection culturally and they were sharing information and that's why some of the structures look European. But, you know, to me, I think we have to be careful. Like you said, a lot of people read stuff on Instagram. I'm guilty of that myself. But at the same time, you know, I go and look for books about Tartaria and that's kind of hard. There's not a lot of books on Tartaria, but luckily for me, I live close to Yale University. So some of their books get like put into used bookstores and, you know, in the area. And I found this book called The Vinland Map and the Tartar Relation. And it's showing you these old maps and showing how on these old maps there is an area in like the north eastern part of asia called tartaria right so we do have evidence for this place existing whether or not that means it was here in north america you know that's that's interesting and and whether or not it connects to like the tesla technology and stuff that's also included in the tartaria information it's like well considering the ley lines and how a lot of these indigenous structures were built with that kind of stuff in mind. And then some of the colonial structures were also built with that stuff in mind. It's like, we do see that there's a, a sort of, at least an occult culture of builders who know how to build along these sort of energetic corridors. Uh, and they 
shared different cultures. Now that, you know, brings up in my mind right now, the Freemasons, like pretty outwardly occult group and also associated with architecture. I mean, you know, so we have evidence for this kind of thing. And the Temple of Solomon was built in the proportions of a man and was a holy building. And the other, the second temple, I think it's of Shenek, uh, Shenek, I'm not Hebrew, so I don't know how to pronounce the, the word, but it was like equivalent to the divine building, right? So the Temple of Solomon was like divine masculine. And then the second oh, one yeah. was the divine feminine, right? So you have this kind of microcosm, macrocosm thing going on where when you're in a structure, it actually has a resonance with your physical anatomy. It's built to the same proportions. And and then when you consider like that a lot of these indigenous structures I was talking about, at least in the Northeast, are aligned with the stars, what kind of microcosm, macrocosm effect is that? I mean, that's obviously, you know, what we hear about when we hear that the indigenous cultures, at least, you know, in the Southwest, a lot of them talk about uh, star people and, you know, around the world, there's different cultures who have different names for that sort of thing. And then we see them connected to the the stars through stone. You know, to me, that's more interesting than like the Tartaria, you know, Tesla tech stuff, because it, it's just more tangible, you know? Yeah. I've yet to find it. I don't know. I, I really, I'm curious to go further on that. But yeah, that's that's definitely one of those subjects that I'm like getting into with an open mind. And, and I'm sure people will hear this and have like, some stuff they want to send me, I invite people to, cause you know, I can't do it alone. I want to find all the information. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was right. You know, and that's what's so cool again about doing this podcasting thing, because I've made a lot of uh, really great new friends since starting my podcast who share these similar interests. And that's like, you know, tying back into the title of my show. Like a lot of my friends thought I was crazy too for a really long time and they still do like, so it's, it's definitely, you know, coming full circle. Yeah. I like the Tartaria stuff and I, and, and I can agree with you on, <clears throat> on, on some of the things there that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you said where, <clears throat> damn, the archons are really out for me today <laughs> where a lot of it doesn't make sense. Anatoly Fomenko, uh, he wrote that series of, of uh, you know, pretty much history is is not what it seems. I've said this before, his story, his story, it's written by the people who won, right? Like I, I talk a lot about the Gnostics and a lot of the things that we know about the Gnostics are from people who hated them. The guys that wrote about them hated them, hated their guts. So... I can agree with you that it does some of it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Right. But then at the same time, what we're reading places, how much of that can we believe? Right. Because the people behind that, how they, what were their intentions when they wrote that? Why would they write it? Right. You're talking about the Freemasons and all these people. It's, it's, and Manly P. Hart, I, re, I recently listened to, a lecture it's the the secrets of the 33 the 33rd degree Ma uh, freemasons mm. and the opening lines on that lecture gave me the goosebumps because he said we are dealing with people who are of this world but not of this pretty much not of this dimension 
So they're out of this world. And and when they're wiped out, they'll be gone for a little bit and they'll find a way back in. Mm. What the fuck did he mean by that? I have no <laughs> idea. This is this is a lecture from the fifties, right? So a lot a lot can be opened up for interpretation. Yeah. But it's individuals like him that he was a Freemason. He was all this stuff and, and he was in that occult circle. How much of the information can we trust that he's telling us? You know what I mean? Because if it truly like, like the book, right? I have the, I have a copy of the secret teachings of all ages. Is it really secret? If you wrote a book about it, is it still a secret? You know what I mean? If you're exposing it, if you're bringing it out into the world. Mm. Well, I would say to that, cause I have that same book. I have two copies of it. Funny enough, I got like the textbook version of it before I got the like nicer version with all the images in it. So I've seen like, cause you're right, there is a level of discernment that you have to have and take with you when you're reading whatever it is. You can't just like see the title of a book and be like, oh, wow, the secrets of all the ages. I'm going to figure it all out, you know, and you know, just in the differences between the so-called reader's version and the textbook version, I saw like, yeah, okay, there are many angles to understand this stuff. And I think the secret also comes with like, well, most people aren't going to look for that. So it yeah. is kind of a secret in the sense that like, it's the road less traveled. And it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, Manly P. Hall has inspired a lot of what I've looked into since first getting his book so many years ago and just kind of like it's weathered now, you know, it really is kind of beaten up. Pages are falling out of it and it's cause I've like loved it and read through it. And it's kind of full of codes that you then need to go and look into other books to then figure out what he's really talking about. So there is a level of secrecy there and he has a, a philosophical research society, which is like a mail in, sort of society and i think rudolf steiner was another person who was very prolific like him at that time maybe a little earlier than him but like you know there's this sort of idea of, of channeling maybe it's the akashic record maybe it's the holy spirit you know maybe it's the because i don't necessarily dismiss like the christian stuff even though culturally they've done a lot of crazy stuff and they've done a lot of things that uh, should be considered crimes yeah. it's it's definitely you know um universal at least my take on it like these things like i was just reading this book uh african black or brazilian black magic it's about this like afro-brazilian uh kimbanda it's like a black magic type yeah. art and they talk about spirit possession and they talk about um, the difference between being like embodied by a spirit or possessed by a deity, right? So it's kind of uh, it's kind of like uh, interesting. Interesting that my mom just yelled as I talk about <laughs> that subject. But yeah, the um, they have a whole different approach to what you know people who are from the christian perspective would think is like a totally dangerous devilish demonic thing they're more taking it as like no this is spiritual embodiment is how we bring our ancestors into the now and commune with them right and we hear about this in indigenous cultures and i think you know black magic white magic all it is is like the dark side and the light side you know you have to have both you have to have a balance of both and and i don't think being ignorant of 
the dark side is better than knowing it. I think knowing it is is the only way to to overcome the forces of darkness in a way. Like when we listen to podcasts, like I did, uh, you know, episode three seventy seven of Tinfoil Hat about Aleister Crowley. <laughs> the first time I was talking about anything with Sam on that show, you know, it was my first chance to be on the show. I could have picked a number of things to talk about, but I picked that because I had heard such a mix of opinions on Crowley and information on Crowley. So I decided like, all right, well, I want to give my take on it because it's not all like good. And he wasn't like punk rock, you know? And now a lot of people like Sam are like, fuck that guy. And I felt that energy kind of happening around that time too, because the whole stop the, um, you know, save the kids movement, right? That, that whole movement was happening around that time and it's it is dark the things that crowley has done and inspired and some of the people who were inspired by him have done really dark things and it connects to the hollywood stuff which again is another you know huge topic of interest on that show and many other podcasts because we're seeing the predictive programming we're seeing how the occult influenced the movie industry and the television industry you know, like what's the like one of the longest running TV shows that still operates Wheel of Fortune, you know, that mm-hmm. Wheel of Fortune, that's a tarot card, you know, like that's that's a really deep concept, you know, and now it's a game show. So like there are so many different occult aspects to this realm and Crowley has a weird influence on it. So I'm like, all right, we're going to tackle that and kind of give my opinion on it and and what I found. And, and it was uh it was definitely a big contribution to starting my show because everybody like for the next three months was like, Oh, you got to do more episodes on Crowley. You you know, and I kind of backed away from the subject because it is kind of dark and that's not, that's not my vibe. You know, I'm more interested in like uh, indigenous cultures because their teachings have inspired me a lot more than Crowley ever did. And, you know, a lot of the like, real like you said the 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 his story well here in where i'm from and actually where you're at too in florida i mean it's colonial you know all these colonial empires came here and changed the history of this land forever you know so that's become a really big topic of interest for me lately yeah and it's it's funny you bring up alistair crowley i i've i've been on that boat too i call him alistair cuckley because he again I brought up Pythagoras at the beginning of the podcast and I don't know where we got lost in translation, right? We had Pythagoras, which could, he, he was supposedly the one that inspired the, the, the word philosopher, right? Cause back then they would call you a sage, but a sage knows the knowledge A philosopher is looking for it. And I don't know where we got lost in translation of, Pythagoras talked about not killing yourself, not killing animals, not sacrificing animals, you know, not destroying one another. He practiced, uh, he practiced different diets, fasting. He wouldn't, he wouldn't eat beans because they resemble the human fetus. So this is a guy who talked about this stuff. And then later down the road, we get lost in translation with Plato's The Republic, where he talked about eugenics. And then from there, it goes down, down, further down the rabbit hole yeah, people such as Manly P. Hall and all these other occult philosophers, if you will, where out of nowhere you have guys like Aleister Crowley that talked about what what is it, do what thou wilt, because love is the land of the law or some shit like that, or, or the law of the land, whatever his his thing was. But then 
my whole thing with Aleister Crowley was is the the kid stuff, right? The the at the end of the day, that's that's what gets me. And I have a lot of friends that read his works, and and I've I've read his works, right? I've read his works. And again, I just can't get behind that aspect because I feel that, and I think if somebody said it on my show. Before Aleister Crowley, we were at that that breaking point of being able to achieve this next thing, right? This this sacred, beautiful knowledge, and then they come and they pervert it, right? You have such as the Knights Templar, for example. Yes, they were mercenaries. Yes, they killed a bunch of people, but they got lost in translation. Later down the road, it turned out that they were worshiping Baphomet and doing all this crazy shit. Because again, I feel that one bad apple spoils the rest. And you always have this infiltration of darkness that comes into these, these esoteric beliefs and, and these occult systems that, that, that these guys practice. Because even Pythagoras said, you know, he would do, uh, th- th- he had three initiations and one of them was you couldn't speak for five years. And, and you, had to be, you had to study math, you had to study all these things before he would even initiate you to be able to, to, to teach you the knowledge. And if you talked about occult symbolism, this country is founded on occult symbolism. All the guy, all the founding fathers, all the philosophies, all the arts, all the sciences, all that. They were all Rosicrucians, they were all Freemasons, they were all some sort of something. And the reason that they were that is because whatever realm that they were in of science in order for them to want to achieve the next level they felt that they needed to go through these initiations and these ceremonies and these rituals in order to maybe tap into an akashic records of sorts or whatever it is and at the end of the day it was all about finding this godhead right this 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 higher being whatever it is if it's if it is god if it is you know, whatever the monad, whatever you want to name it at the end of the day, that's what these guys are trying to find. Like the guy who invented Gottfried Leibniz, he invented the binary code for computers. His whole thing was that law of attraction, that our thoughts could affect reality. But these are guys that influence things that we use today. Charles Babbage, the guy who invented the, the modern day computer, was trying to find the existence of God through technology. We can't ignore the fact that we use shit that these guys were coming up with through occult means, through alchemical means, like the Knights Templar. They made the 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 financial system that we know today of interest of of depositing here and pulling it out over there. The the Knights Templar did that through supposed alchemical means, through rituals, right? They had supposed the supposed head of John the Baptist that that supposedly to them would prophesy. There's an ancient Egyptian uh, 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 idea where if you have the head of a prophet, it prophesizes to you. And supposedly Baphomet was the head of John the Baptist. And you said channeling. I've listened to shit, probably 50 hours worth of Manly P. Hall's work, right? And I can't get over the fact that every time this man would speak and sit down on his little throne at his society place, his building, it was as if he was channeling this information that was given to him. He would speak without pauses for an hour, two hours, two and a half hours, without any notes, without anything. Almost like he was in like this this trans light, this trans like state. He would just sit there and just talk. All this knowledge, bro. The definitions of things, the symbolism behind everything. And I'm like, where the fuck? How is he able to do that? You know what I mean? And maybe mm. these guys. They were 
they are tapping a lot of the works of Aleister Crowley. He channeled, right? A lot of the words, a lot of the a lot of the books that he wrote, right? Liber, whatever, you know, a lot of his works he channeled. And I feel that maybe a lot of ancient scriptures were like that, where where they were interpreting like the the cuneiform tablets. They were sitting in front of a high priestess that was able to tap into that next realm and they would be able to write down this information. Only only the high priestess would know and it was sacred knowledge, right? And somewhere along those lines, it eventually started to get into the hands of people and were able to meditate and do these different things. We're able, maybe psilocybin, you know, marijuana, all these different substances, DMT, like all these different things that are criminalized. They are like, for example, me, dude, like one of the things that really opened up my eyes and it's the dumbest shit ever, but gardening and taking care of my lawn, right? It really opened up my eyes of how they criminalize and demonize everything. A lot of the weeds that I was killing in my yard in order to have gra just regular grass that is sterile, that is a grass that is grown in a lab somewhere. A lot of the weeds are medicinal, bro. So mm. I'd be looking up how to kill this weed and then I'd come up with the name identify and I go, holy shit, this is used for kidney stones. It's growing in my backyard. <laughs> but they're telling us, yeah. kill that. Get rid of the dandelions, right? One of the best medicinal things that there is in the world. Yeah, Kill that. You have to get rid of it. You know what I mean? And that's how I well, see society. Think about, yeah, and let's let's go back because you, you said a lot. And I, I uh, before we got onto this, there was something that connects back to what you just said, especially about dandelions. But, you know, you mentioned like, uh, I think Pythagoras had a quote about salt, you know, not one grain of salt. And, you know, salt in alchemy, which is what the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons and the Ordo Templi Orientis that Aleister Crowley started. And he was inspired by the Order of the Golden Dawn, which was started in part you know, with Rosicrucians. So, you know, this stuff, it, it goes back to the, the tree of life and, and in alchemy and in alchemy, salt is considered a metaphor for the body, right? You have salt, sulfur and mercury. And, and you mentioned another quote about how, you know, someone is a man is, is like who they're seen in the world, who, how they see themselves and who they actually are. Well, let's break that down. You know, uh, who the world sees is your body, who you see is your mind and who you actually are is your soul, right? So within the world that we live in, there are these uh, inherent patterns. You know, we can go back to mathematics and see that it's like well, sacred geometry. Metatron's cube, you know? Right, right. So. And the Fibonacci sequence and all these different, the golden ratio. So we see that the creator in mathematics, we see the creator through those mathematics in Western culture, but, you know, thousands of years of of human uh cultures and different cultures around the world there's a lot of different ways to interact with god and i think the tree of life and the creator that's one of them crowley i think took a darker path and i think that's mostly in part to the times he was in and the culture he was raised into and the like rebellion that he kind of displayed against the brethren church that he was raised in like this strict really strict christian cult in england and mm. he was also you know really wealthy i think his grandfather passed away and left him with a like a huge sum of money 
And he, you know, used that money to go and mountaineer <laughs> and travel in the mountains. And, and at that time, like learning occult stuff, I mean, you know, was probably more fashionable than it was has edgy. been for the past 50 years. Yeah. Well, and not just edgy, but like, if you think about it, like people always want to be a part of like a club or a group, right? And what are these secret societies? They're clubs and they're groups. So Crowley joined a club and was like, oh, I could do this and started his own club. And then, you know, just like we see with cults, you know, if you give someone too much power over a group of people, they're going to become, you know, probably like the lower consciousness, all of the worst parts of our lower consciousness and forget why they even set out to do that in the first place and why anyone ever sets out to learn that stuff is in pursuit of higher consciousness. And when you do, you start to connect with the land, you start to connect with uh, the other spirits around you, whether they're good or bad. I tend to think that like when people run into things like what's happening at Skinwalker Ranch, it's like, well, look at what the military's done to all these sacred places and what the military industrial complex has done, the corporate structure, which really is part and parcel to the military industrial complex. Look at what they've done to the environment. I think that stirs up maybe like the elemental forces in those remote areas that you described and creates maybe a manifestation of that in the form of a skinwalker or in the form of some sort of energy that we see as a monster or something, but it's really like an elemental, something that people have interacted with for thousands of years and different, you know, have different names for it. Like in the East, they call them like uh, Jin or Diva, you know, and all these different words for, for the same thing that we would call maybe like a demon or a daemon or a uh, elemental or a fairy or any of these like energy spirits that, and now I think ghosts too, kind of like, people just call anything a ghost you know or a demon to kind of falls like people think of ghosts as demons but i think it's more appropriately like when we die our soul can kind of stick around here or can ascend to an, the next version of what it means to be human or maybe come back to another lifetime you know i think that's what we have to consider when we're looking at all this stuff. That's just my personal belief. But I think, you know, you can see that in a lot of cultures, the idea of ancestors, reincarnation, and kind of time not being linear like we see it now in the modern world. And, uh, and yeah, maybe that's a, a whole lot farther from my point than I intended. But <laughs> I think Pythagoras is, is interesting, you know, and Manly P. Hall too. Like they, they're just like, uh, keepers of information but that information can be tapped into by all of us because like i said there's like an inherent code to the world around us we see it in those patterns that we can call the golden ratio and the other words for it but i think no matter what culture you're talking about they have a, some sort of recognition of this you know creative force in the universe and our relationship with it yeah, and and you mentioned when we when we die, right, our spirit stays here, and the idea of the Wendigo being a manifestation of of the dark self, maybe, right? Your that 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 ego that you don't want to talk about. You know, how Carl Jung says, when you bring the subconscious into the conscious, you will just call it fate and let it rule over your life, right? whatever he meant by that. And he also talked about how, how if you're able to tap into your dark self, you're able, it'll show you the secrets of everything. And 
elementals manly p hall talks about that a lot where if you're a man and by man i mean you know if you're a person and you have something that's bothering you you manifest an elemental right somewhere either it be into the ether or whatever it is you know what i mean because i think it's either the second or third law of thermodynamics says that energy can only cannot be destroyed it can only be transformed so 100 percent, i believe that once we die this energy either lingers or goes into the ether or or something happens where we are maybe seeing these these right in places where the where the the veil is thin such as places like skinwalker ranch or the bermuda triangle or the the dragon's triangle which i didn't know about these places like that of high strangeness where through maybe quartz that's in the ground and certain like in skinwalker ranches only certain types of rocks that are found there right the you have the ancient egyptians that use quartz and all types of rocks to build their structures and we have no fucking idea what they were for but they had to have served a purpose not what they teach us in school about them being tombs i think that there was another purpose to that and that's why i say that that a lot of these if you look at history and a lot of these civilizations that died off that just disappeared off the face of the earth. I think that they were able to eventually tap into something, right? Rather that's metaphysical or not. And and to touch on the subject of the metaphysical, look at quantum physics, bro. Like quantum entanglement, quantum tunneling, quantum whatever. That shit's woo-woo as fuck. But that's science, right? That's science. Like Rene Descartes, he, he talked about that. He said where the mind and the body are two separate entities and maybe one can exist without the other and vice versa who, who knows right but these are all the ideas that i like to talk about and and mm. and really dive yeah. into and i think we can end it on that note bro i had a ton of fun on this episode we we really went deep <laughs> yeah and i had a lot of fun dude can you for one more time with the listeners or if you have any closing remarks that you want to add to that uh, share your social media where people can find your work or they can go show some love. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, having me on. It was a pleasure meeting you. Pleasure talking to you about all this stuff. We did go into a lot of my favorite uh, topics, so to speak. And I've kind of uh, expanded the, my family thinks I'm crazy podcast uh, into a couple different podcasts now. Um, you know, it started with helping uh, Yogi Zorananda get his podcast going. And then uh, Michael Wan, I published a bunch of his YouTube videos, his audio on the Susquehanna Alchemy podcast feed. And now him and I do a podcast together called Your Handbook for the Apocalypse, which is really fun. And we do that just over the phone, like it's just a phone call. So it sounds a little different and it, it has a different sort of feel. You know, we're not sitting... Uh, in front of our computers per se or, or doing like presentations with uh, screen shares and whatnot like Mike is used to doing. So it's a little more casual and we get into stuff that's going on uh, in our daily lives and, and of course all the research that ties in with that. And then uh, another really cool new show that I started doing with uh, some friends from the Generation Z podcast is called the Elemental Philosophorum and we're basically breaking down different elements on the periodic table and you know 
I came to learn that all of this stuff comes from alchemy, right? So mm -hmm. there's so many interesting like little pieces of information that you can find out just by taking a look at one element on the periodic table. So, so far we hit fluorine and we hit iron. So we'll be touching on a new uh, element soon. We're planning on doing that <laughs> at least dope. once a month or twice a month. But, uh, but yeah, so there's a lot going on. And my family thinks some crazy.com is the place to find all of it as well as the Patreon Rockfin and putting more stuff on Rockfin. Like I said, at the beginning, I got a new laptop on the way. So hopefully I'll be more connected than I have been with this kind of old machine I've been working with for the past couple of years. That's awesome, dude. And and like I said, follow me on social media at the Horn Horn Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I just made a Twitter actually. So just trying to get the the word out there, right? And spread awareness and talk about these different subjects that some people maybe think about but don't want to talk about it, right? Because there's all this mm. dogma and just how back then you're ruled a heretic. And my family thinks I'm crazy too, bro. They, they, you know, I've talked about these things and it's like, oh, what do you, you have a podcast? Well, what is it about? I was like, well, you just wouldn't understand, would you? Right. Cause I feel that, you know, some people aren't yeah. attuned to certain frequencies and it, I don't know if it's happened to you, but maybe you've read or listened to some material right at one point in your life and it didn't make any sense to you, but then, you know, time goes on and, and the deeper you dive into things and you come back and you listen to it again and it makes perfect sense to you that one time around you're like, wait a minute, but it made no fucking sense to me the first time. So, yeah, dude. And I want to thank you for coming on. And you're always welcome to come back on whenever you'd like. And, yeah, and yeah. That'd shoot be awesome. Shit. And, you yeah, know, right I love on. these conversations, bro.